Happy Thursday, friends. We've got a lot to get to on today's edition of NSN Daily, including the latest from Las Vegas as the A's inch closer to becoming Nevada's next major league franchise. Let's just say that there isn't any A's fever down here right now. Speaking of Southern Nevada, our Circa Best Bet segment makes its return as we welcome back Mike Palm at the Sportsbook. The Reno Tahoe Golf Tour continuing as our Chris Murray and 2020 ACC champ Marty Fish duke it out on Edgewood's iconic 17th hole. The people in the community were a part of it 30 years ago and we get to be a part of it now. And we feature the state champion Douglas Tigers, the 2023 team's connection to the last champs from the Carson Valley 30 plus years ago. That and more right now on NSN Day. Well, hello there, friends, and welcome into our champion Chevrolet studio on a Thursday. He's Chris Murray. I'm Mike Stephenson, and you know what this is. NSN Daily, shaping up to be a huge week in Las Vegas. The Golden Knights claim the Stanley Cup, and as we're taping, we are currently awaiting Governor Joe Lombardo's signature to potentially send the Oakland A's to Southern Nevada. Chris, the Assembly and the Senate passing things, and now it's on his desk. And those are the two big question marks. I don't think there's going to be any question that Joe Lombardo will sign yeah. that package, $380 million, going to the $1.5 billion stadium, and I don't think there's any question that the MLB owners will approve the move as well. So, uh, like you like to say, the T's need to be crossed, and the lowercase J's like to be dotted. Yep. You're not an I guy. Um, but <laughs> once those are done, it looks like the A's will be moving to Las Vegas, and uh, Joe Lombardo has been able uh, to get this across the finish line, and this is a big project that he wants wanted to get done and the vote did come in from the assembly yesterday pretty lopsidedly as well 25 15 after the senate voted 13 to 8 the assembly made some amendments sent it back to the senate for a concur call and sure enough they did and so now it's on governor joe lombardo's desk once he signs it then the mlb owners have to approve it all of that is expected to happen before we continue to dissect this uh, very much discussed and somewhat controversial act Let's hear from two sides of the assembly as they got set to make their votes yesterday. With the Aces winning a national championship last year and the Golden Knights securing the Stanley Cup just last night, it is clear that Las Vegas is clearly becoming the entertainment and sports capital of the world. With that, I stand in support of SB1. I appreciate the work and the consideration that has gone into this bill, but no amount of amendments are going to change the fact that we are giving millions of public dollars to a billionaire. And no amount of spin or changing of the numbers will change the fact that we are giving $36 million a year in public funds in exchange for maybe $2 million in in-kind donations. That math doesn't add up to me. And we did have an amazing budget this last session, and I am proud of the work that we did. But even with that budget, we still have classes of 40 to 50. We still have women that can't work because we don't have universal pre-K and they can't get childcare. We still have people sleeping on the streets. And so to me, I cannot justify voting for this bill and giving millions of dollars to a billionaire while our constituents are telling us they don't want this and our constituents are asking us to invest in their community. 
Okay, so of course that uh, was the sentiment felt by a lot of folks, and of course this has been widely discussed in Oakland and their media outlets, and of course they had the reverse boycott there at the Coliseum the other day. Um, any way you slice it, there's going to be a lot of people who aren't happy about this. Yeah, I mean, for me, I'm with Assemblywoman Hatch. I don't like giving public money to billionaires to build stadiums. It's a pretty frivolous pursuit in my mind. Now, I do think with Allegiant Stadium, you are getting bigger events, the Final Four, the Draft, the Super Bowl, things of that nature. With this ballpark in particular, I don't think you're going to be booking it outside of 81 home baseball games all that often. And there are some very specific needs, educationally-wise, specifically in Nevada, yeah. where we do lack in our funding of our our, uh, you know, K through 12, even the higher education you look at, UNR just got a 12% COLA raise pushed through, but it's only being funded by the legislature 61%. So they got to come up with the rest of that money. Could this money have potentially gone there? So that's the big question mark. And the thing that I guess irks me the most is it didn't go to a public vote of people in Clark County. Over the last six years, you've had $1.13 billion uh, pledged to the Raiders and the A's, and unfortunately, the public and the citizens of Clark County did not get to vote on it. And we did see when the Arizona Coyotes down there in Phoenix wanted a public subsidy, the people got to vote on That's it, right. and they voted it down because I think these are unpopular measures. It didn't take that path. It went through the uh, Senate, through the Assembly, through the governor's office. And I would have just liked to have seen the public get a vote, whether it went one way or the other. Let them have a say because, like I said, you are talking about in excess of a billion dollars. Yeah, and it just feels like the A's just wanted to get out of Oakland by any means necessary, even though it felt like that city wanted to try to do what it could to keep Oakland around. It just felt like the writing was on the wall, even depending on what the leadership of that team was say, uh, saying. And I think a lot yeah. of those fans are looking for a sell in the future. And, you know, I think it's going to be super cool that there's going to be a ballpark on the Strip. Yes. I think that is a, a great location. I think it's going to be really cool to go see your favorite team there, whether it's the A's or the visiting team. Um, I just wish it was privately funded. But I am also curious to see how they'll be supported, because you look at the Vegas Golden Knights. They've done tremendous. But the Raiders were 30th out of 32 teams in the Oof. NFL last year in attendance. And even if you go by percent capacity only 26th percent uh, capacity uh, among those 32 NFL teams so I am going to be curious whether to see this team gets the support because it's not super well run in terms of locking up your homegrown players and all of that kind of stuff but it looks like it's happening a lot to be discussed before shovels are in the ground we'll continue to do it here on daily as for what's next a big feature on the Douglas Tigers softball team right after this Welcome back to NSN Daily on a Thursday. He's Chris. I'm Mike. Chris, a proud Douglas High School graduate, even prouder this year after seeing the softball team get to the top of the mountain. Yeah, they were our team of the year of all of Northern Nevada high school sports. They were the most dominant team in the region, won that large class championship for the first time in a long time, and they were uh, flawless in the postseason, 3-0 in regional, 3-0 in state. Uh, and as you got to learn, it had been a long time since they had hosted that, hoisted that trophy. We had to dive deeper into this historic Douglas Tigers squad because the last team to do it back in the early 90s, well, it turns out they had a big role in this title as well as I found out. <laughs> the 2023 Douglas softball team wasn't messing around. This group was incredibly hard workers. We wanted it. After a heartbreaking runner-up finish the year prior, this season the Tigers leaving no doubt in their prowl to a state championship. Getting that last pop-up, I was running out probably even before that she, she even caught it. <laughs> yeah! 
I lay down and I just start crying. We finally did it. I was just so happy and just so proud of the team. It's one of like the best feelings ever. If people understood the amount of work and time that these kids put in throughout the year, not just during the high school season, they put their hearts and souls into the game and to watch that is, is really special. Coach John Glover's team causing a celebration for the entire Carson Valley community, one some 30 plus years in the making. That 91-92 team, when I arrived at Douglas High School, was still talked about. But it set the foundation for everything to come, you know, at Douglas High School in softball. Once the door kind of got broken down and we won some state championships and made the program really something to be proud of, everybody jumped on and that's what it takes. Steve Wilcox was the coach of Douglas's last state title squad in 1992. Probably the thing that turned around more than anything else was Dina Pitt showing up. I wanted to come in and win. I don't know if I was thinking state championship, but I was definitely thinking like, I want to win, I want to compete. We knew that we were the best, you know. Personally, I knew I could beat anybody. A mentality the now Dina Sargent would later be passing on to her daughter, Callie. My grandparents always told me stories about her in high school years, and then I became a pitcher. And eventually, the Tigers pitching coach, mother and daughter extending their bond to the next generation of dominant Douglas spinners in the circle, including 5A Pitcher of the Year, Mackenzie Willis, and the Player of the Year, Talia Tretton. I started working with Dina in sixth grade. Oh. Gotta snap it. They basically have become like my family. I'm not a crier, I'm not, but I did cry. You know, I saw them get the last pop up and I saw Tal run over and give Cal a hug and I was just like, oh my gosh, you know, because we know what they've been through to get there. Emotion shared by Coach Wilcox with his granddaughter Annie Hill joining him as a state champion. I've been coaching her since she was seven years old and uh, it meant, it meant so much for me, I can't even explain it to you. I just, it was like bringing back all the great memories and that's something I'll always remember about her, how hard she's worked and all these girls have worked. It's just amazing. The 23 Tigers hitting and hurling their way to history in Douglas County. I got to work for Coach Wilcox when I got here as a baseball coach, he was my athletic director. And then to have his granddaughter on the team and then to have Callie Sargent, our pitching coach, um, her mom be the pitcher on those teams, it's just, those roots that small towns have. It's why we like to live here. I love my girls and it's just as good being able to invest and pour into them and see them do it as it was to do it myself. So almost better. I'm gonna remember the legacy that these girls brought. A legacy likely not possible without the Tigers of three decades before. I actually did not know that it was like that long. It felt nice to bring it back. Knowing that those same people are here to support us. It's so exciting to be a part of that history. Well, they'll be talking about that Douglas Tigers team for a while, just like they were with that 91 and 92 team back-to-back -back state champions. I imagine they were still talking about them when you were in school. Oh, absolutely. I mean, those are dominant teams, and they had to go through a dominant team because Reed was the team That's to right. beat. They were able to do that, and then they won those back-to-back -back titles. Not want to put too much pressure on these girls, but we'll see if they can go back-to-back. -back. But that's the cool thing, like they said, about living in a smaller town. It's generations kind of setting the standard and then te uh, teaching the next generation to go and meet that mark, which you saw there with so many ties to the last championship team and this year's championship team. So just a great piece and a great team and a, a great way to kind of celebrate what they were able to accomplish. It was really great to spend that day out there in Minden alongside 
our chief, Anthony Resnick, and putting that together. And I do want to shout out, so technically they won in 91, which was really breaking through. And then 92, they had that really dominant team where they knew they were the team to beat and were the last one before this year to get that state title. So I do want to give a shout out to Coach Cliff Simpson. We do have a photo that was in the piece. So you see Cliff there. He has two granddaughters on this team, Zora and Peyton. So Cliff was technically the head coach in 91. Coach Wilcox, their standing, was an assistant. Then in 92, Simpson steps away. Wilcox steps in as the head coach and leads him to that second straight state championship. So I couldn't even fit all of the ties within that piece. But needless to say, that 91 and 92 squad without their success and those people sticking around, I don't think this 23 season happens. No, absolutely not. I mean, the fact that Talia was being coached uh, early on in her career uh, by the uh, you know uh, past state champion winner and one of the most dominant pitchers in northern Nevada history just shows you that it can be a little bit cyclical. And if you do absorb that great coaching, you can go out and do great things as well. So just kind of cool how it was all kind of full circle. And for them to go out to Hickson and be able to win that state championship last month, I mean, I know it meant a lot for these girls because they got so close last year and that's kind of how the story goes you have to go through that hardship to get that triumph and they were able to do it and we'll see if they can do it again uh, in the future I'm sure everybody in Douglas is hoping it's not another 31 years before they hoist a uh, state softball championship I don't think it will be I think yeah. that will come sooner than three decades down the road not too much pressure to put on them but they're pretty much bringing everybody <laughs> back and so it'll be exciting to see what this squad has in store for an encore but in the meantime we celebrate the 2023 douglas tigers softball team state champions in the 5a appreciate them letting me hang out for that full day up there and one word they used multiple a bunch of them used relief because we were talking all year about how they should be doing this they should do it and they were able to pull it off but i mean as a high school kid that's hard to hear that oh absolutely i mean these girls are 16 17 18 years old and you're being told you're the best team in the region you should go out and win a state championship and that is uh something that if you don't meet you do feel like you maybe let down uh, you know some people but to be able to go out there and to be able like we said win all of their playoff games they won all of their league games in the regular season 16 and 0 went 3 and 0 in the regional tournament 3 and 0 in the state tournament uh, to be able to have that talent is one thing but to be able to actually rise up and play to your level that you know that you can hit which they probably didn't feel like they did last year when they lost right. to Green Valley. Uh, maybe that was a learning lesson that, hey, let's go enjoy this experience. Yeah, there might be some pressure, but you are playing with some of the best friends that you grew up with for huge stakes to put your name in the history books. Go enjoy playing softball, and it certainly looked like they did. Also set the single season record for Nevada um, softball for home, home runs, runs in a year. So powerful bats, great pitching, and that's what led to this spectacular season. Like I said in the story. Douglas wasn't messing around this year. I will say I was shooting those trophy shots, looking at the Hall of Fame, and I, there was a notable omission. Uh, nothing for me? <laughs> I, didn't, I, I didn't look hard enough. I didn't add anything to the trophy case, but that's all right. I, uh, I played a couple sports. I was a baseball tennis guy, but uh, some great alums. Obviously, Krista Palmer, the great Olympic bronze medalist who we caught up with recently for a feature that you'll see on the airwaves soon enough. But, yeah, there's a lot of great athletes who have come through there, and, uh, you know, these girls put their name in that trophy case, and they'll probably come back 15, 20 years down the road and, and you know, be able to brag about what they were able to do. Yep. Great journalists coming out of there. <laughs> as well. All right, once again, shout out to the Tigers as we wrap up that segment and head down to Las Vegas next here on NSN Daily. Mike Palm is back on the show as we bring back our Circa Best Bet segment. That's coming up next here on NSN Daily. This segment sponsored by Circa Sports. Hey, Darren, what's the guarantee? Hey, Darren, What's the guarantee? The biggest pro football contest in Vegas are back. 
so big that we needed to use an armored truck. We're guaranteeing more than we did last year, 14 million to be exact. Circus Survivor enters pick one game each week, no point spread. Last the longest to win it all. Players in the Circa Millions make five picks against the spread each week with quarterly and full season payouts. All right, Mike, let's get this dough to the cake. Visit CircusSports.com for details. All right, welcome back to NSN Daily. We are in the Legends Bay Lounge powered by Circa Sports and no better way to welcome back our Circa Best Bet segment and Mike Palm down in Las Vegas than with that 30-second promo. Mike, you get an IMDB credit for that acting? <laughs> Actually, the bigger... The deal was the very first year when we did a commercial, and I played a 75-year-old man. I, I, people still remember that, Walter. Uh, there was a quick scene about you, how easy it is to use the app on your phone, and even someone of that age could do it. But four and a half hours of makeup uh, to get into that. This was a little easier. The only challenge of this was that there, there was a tease commercial as well. I had to get into the, I, I call it the cockpit of the armored car. It's very, very small. You, you can't drive one of those if you're claustrophobic. And I, I couldn't figure out how I was going to get my left leg over the seat. But when you sit, it sinks so you can, you can get it in. But uh, we always have fun doing that. And obviously, the contests are a big part of what we do at Circus Sports. We're upping the guarantee, $14 million this year. We, we took Survivor from 6 to $8 million. But we also increased the number of entries you can get. Previously, it was six entries. Now, 10 entries in Survivor and in the Circus Millions used to be able to buy up to three. Now, you can get five. And we're going to be up there with you guys. August 4th and 5th doing uh, our Northern Nevada sign-up weekend. So Derek and I will be there, Banksy, Big Balls. I think Tim Murray and Sean King are actually going to film their VEASAN show uh, from, um, from the casino up there on, uh, on Friday the 4th. Love to hear it, as we'll be excited to have you in our neck of the woods, and also love to hear how you submerged yourself in that mm -hmm. armored guard role, graduating <laughs> from the elderly man played last year, I guess. But I guess uh, uh, going back to the guarantee and the additional money, that just, I think, uh, tells us the story in terms of the interest in these contests. Well, it also tells you that Derek Stevens doesn't have a reverse so, or even a park here. So, I mean, he's always, <laughs> he's always pushing forward. I actually think we, we have a better shot of getting to the eight. Eight million in, in the survivor than we do the six million in the millions. We were we ended up uh, six sixty one hundred entries in survivor and just short of forty seven hundred last year in the millions. I I think it's challenging uh, and I think the survivor has has a better narrative and more people think it's an every man contest and maybe that five picks against the spread every week is is a bit daunting. Although there's a lot of payouts and quarterly prizes and survivor is all or nothing. So you know you can pick your poison, but uh, we're a little over 200 entries in Survivor right now and about 130 in the million. So you can actually register right now. You do have to do it in person, so you can go out to the Legends Bay Casino out here in Sparks. After you do that, you can do all your weekly picks um, from a proxy, so you don't actually have to be there at the casino. As you mentioned, $8 million to the winner of the Circa Survivor. That could be split, obviously. And then $6 million in prizes to the Circa Million. You can actually win 100000 for having the worst picks during that pool. So, um, you know, kind of a lot of different options for people in terms of that Circa Millions. And I think one of the cool things there is you guys do pay, pay out, you know, quarterly and throughout the season. You don't have to win the whole thing to get a lot of money in that one. Yeah, so if you, you say, I can get hot for four or five weeks, you know, yep. you, know you can win, you know, 150,000 plus in, in the quarters as well. And it pays down five spots plus the worst record. You know, part of our thought process and, and upping the guarantee was, you know, Last year, we only came online in Legends Bay like a week before um, the contest cut off and the NFL season started. We have a full summer now to, to, to bring in the folks from northern Nevada and, of course, obviously the Bay Area and Sacramento. Um, 
and San Jose and Oakland and San Francisco. We think that's going to be a huge factor in be able to drive traffic there and, and being able to make this a bigger pool. Excited to see how that comes to fruition. Again, you can get over to the Legend Bay Casino and sign up. We'll continue talking about that throughout the season. But let's talk some sports now. Obviously, an enormous week in Southern Nevada. Let's start with the Golden Knights. Vegas's team getting it done, claiming Lord Stanley's Cup. They were slight favorites to get it done over Florida. How did that handle all shape up? And I can imagine the party's still going down there, Mike. Oh, uh, yeah. Every night they're going somewhere else. I mean, Derek took some of the crew here to Omnia, which is the nightclub at Caesars, where they went that night after the game. They were at Win last night. I know they're making different public appearances. Pray to Saturday night uh, from Flamingo to Shishiba Plaza. I was hoping that maybe they'd wrap it up downtown here at the event center. We could throw a big party. But yeah, the party's still going. I couldn't find one person on Tuesday here uh, in the Valley that thought the Knights were going to lose or that there was even a chance they could lose. And boy, were they right with a 9-3 victory. Um, the different sports book had different results. I mean, you know, we got buried by the Knights with the Futures, and then games one, two, and five were terrible for us. When, when it's Knights over and puck line, you, you never can win here because that's what everybody bets. Um, stations, I'm sure, had a, had a rough go of it. But, the, you know, we did get a lot of exposure with the circus board patch, and they were able to win it at home. Uh, game six of the Western Conference Finals against Dallas, we had the official watch party in that round that night. Steve Levy and ESPN did a great job. We got four cutaway shots of stadium swim live during the event. So we drew, you know, two to 3,000 people to our casino. Lots of them new customers for the first time for every one of the away games. And, and so that helps. And then the long-term marketing effect to having that patch. Going to be seen in a lot, of, a lot of pictures. Was seen by a lot of people on national TV. What about on the NBA side? It was another five-game uh, victory, this time for the Denver Nuggets over the Miami Heat. I guess, where were your guys' liabilities there? Did that one work out well for you with Denver wrapping up that NBA championship? Yeah, we lost to the Heat winning the East, but everything else we won. Denver was a really good result. Overall, the NBA was a great result. You know, no Lakers, no Clippers, no Celtics, no Bucks. Uh, we had, you know, we actually had for as bad as it was with VGK, we had three times the liability on the Lakers mm -hmm. because people got them at such high prices. We got beaten Colorado. Uh, a guy bet, uh, you know, 10,000 at 12 to one that they would even make the playoffs. Remember, they started so horribly. So um, getting the Lakers out of the way was a great thing. And then it was, it was a lot of gravy uh, from that point. It, interesting parallels, right? A one seed from the West and eight seed from the East. Although the Nuggets were prohibitive favorites. And as you said, the Knights were only slight favorites in the series at People started to bet them as it went on, especially in games games four and games five. Denver opens up as the favorite to win next year's NBA title. I think it's a little bit of a short price around plus 475. Celtics second choice. Knights I looked at were about the third choice around eight to one, depending on where you look at them at different books. I'd rather have an eight to one ticket on the Knights, I think, today than a, than a less than five to one ticket on the Nuggets. But then again, I don't want to tie up my money for a year in either spot. That's the thing. Still some time to get those futures <laughs> bets in, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of the future, it's a big week in Las Vegas. You get the Stanley Cup, and it sounds like you're getting the Oakland A's as well. Give us the pulse of Southern Nevada as this deal appears to be coming to fruition as we tape awaiting a signature from Governor Lombardo. Yeah, it's very interesting. I wasn't sure the legislature was going to get it done. You know, they're out of session. They only meet for six months out of every two years. So they, they had to get it done in these special sessions. Um, the testimony was not flattering for the A's franchise uh, from people that had worked in the front office there. Um, they did uh, put the bill, though, and it'll be interesting to see exactly what happens with this team. I mean, no, no one is excited from the standpoint of that it's been this tradition 
um, with the Gap family there. Of the, you know, if anybody's good, they're not going to get a second contract. So that's disappointing. Do the finances change in Las Vegas? Does the philosophy change? I don't know. Does it look to be a turnaround where he can sell the team once he comes to Vegas? Possibly. You know, the reception will never be the same as for the Knights because the Knights were homegrown, right? They were born here, an expansion team, even even as it is to the Raiders, who are a transplant team. Many of the fans that come to the games are obviously driving from Southern California, uh, where, where they were, or even Northern California fly-in. So we'll see what happens. I don't think they can build a very big ballpark because I don't think it can sustain that, that kind of attendance. They're, they're predicting 27,000 average attendance. Uh, boy, I'll be surprised. I'd like to be able to bet the under on that. But we'll, we'll see what happens. You know, they, they say it's the most walkable stadium in Major League Baseball, but not for people that live here. I mean, you're going to put it on the Tropicana site. It may, may be walkable for about a sixth of the strip. So I, we'll, we'll see what happens, and we'll see how the, it, the traffic is there. But uh, let's just say that there isn't any A's fever down here right now. Let's talk a little golf, U.S. Open teeing off. So uh, do you have any picks that you like going into this tournament, uh, maybe some long shots, and, and just generally who you think will win and hoist that trophy at the end of the uh, Sunday's round? You know, I don't uh, follow golf as closely as other sports. Um, I bet one golfer, Victor Hovland. I just think this kid is around it all the time, and he'll, he'll give you a run on Saturday and Sunday. Our big liabilities um, from the big name side, uh, Spieth is no good for us. Matsuyama's no good for us. Um, Fowler, who's up there right now, is is um, a mid five figures, five figure loser. Hovland's a small loser. We do well to most of the big names: Scheffler, Rom, Kepka, McElroy. Um, Shoffley's like a, a, uh, a push for us, so it'll be interesting. And these numbers will change, right? Because you'll repost them every day, and there'll be new matchups every day. So. This is the second most bet of all the majors, obviously behind the Masters, because you have such a long futures window. But if you're going to bet golf, you know, we toot our horns in different things, and there's other areas we need to get better. But, I mean, we're the leaders in the market in golf. The takeout is half to, to less than half of what other books are, and that's why almost every single golfer in this field, whoever you want to bet straight up to win it, you're going to get better odds at Circa than anywhere else. Well, Chris and I did our picks yesterday. He's got a soft spot for Roy McIlroy, and I actually was right there with you, Mike, taking Victor Hovland because, like you said, he's been hovering around the top, if not winning, uh, in recent weeks. So we'll have to see how that plays out. I'm just curious, I guess, as once the NBA and NHL wraps up, what does it look like at the book? Because there's obviously a lot, of, a lot of baseball action, but we're also looking ahead to football and things like that. I guess how does this season go when you're talking uh, behind the sports book? Yeah, it's, it's kind of the long summer now because it gets down to almost exclusively baseball. Soccer is, for the most part, um, wrapped up. You do get the College World Series this, this you know, for the next 10 days or so. And I have several friends of mine that took their kids out to Omaha to be there for the first time. So I'd like to get there um, eventually. But then it's, it's a lot of baseball, right? And there's some interest in WNBA here because aces have been so good. So we do get people come uh, to watch the WNBA, but people will start getting, you know, football fever mid July and start really getting interested in honing in on their future bets and, uh, as division odds and all the millions of ways you can bet the NFL. So it's, it's not long till that'll be the main topic. And of course, we'll be covering all of those topics as we welcome you back on a weekly basis for circus sport, uh, best bets. It is Mike Palm from the circus sports book moonlighting as an armored guard. Mike, great to have you back here on NSN daily. <laughs> Thanks guys. Glad to be back.
All right, once again, don't forget to get to the Circus Sportsbook and also download the Circus Sports app, and you can bet anywhere in the state. Great to have Mike back on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, looking forward to it, and if you haven't been down to Circa, I mean, obviously a great place to, to go, and the Mountain West Football Media Days will be held there this year as well. So That's right. we'll be down there next month to cover all of that to get you really hyped for the college football season. I'm really hyped for our next segment, which is the latest <laughs> edition of Reno Tahoe Golf Tour because Chris grabbed a club and took on one of the best celebrity golfers we have in the field, Marty Fish. A little tease for that? Uh, I beat him. <laughs> You'll we, see if I beat him right after the break. We may have the video to prove that. <laughs> our Reno Tahoe Golf Tour continues from Edgewood right after this on NSN Daily. This segment is sponsored by Golf NV. Locally owned, locally loved. Golf NV. Murray here with Marty Fish at the Edgewood Tahoe Resort and we are going to be trying to hit a hole in one on the 17th hole. You're the 2020 winner of the American Century Championship. So what memories come back when you return to this location? Um, definitely the 63 on Saturday. Um, that was a memorable round. It's probably the lowest round of golf I've ever shot and in a tournament, you know, in the biggest tournament of the year it was pretty special. So we're both going to get two shots at this one. You're already talking like you're going to be closer than me. I probably would place my bet there as well. During the tournament, they do the uh, million dollar Corbell challenge. So if you do hit a hole in one, you get a million dollars. What is the closest you've come to a hole in one on the signature hole? I've hit it a few feet. I mean, nothing to where it's like roll by or anything like that. I'm surprised. I was just talking. I was, I'm so surprised at like where they put the pin. I mean, they put it right in there. They're trying to get you to hit a hole in one and no one can do it. So um, I've never had a hole in one either. Um, so this is a good spot to do it. Okay, we won't get a million dollars if we sink this one, but I have been told maybe $25,000. So uh, you're gonna get two shots, I'm gonna get two shots. We'll see who ends up closer. All right. Not a hole in one. Well, you're in the bunker and I'm on the green. So apart from that, yeah. But this one's going in. Look at this. Look at this. You, <laughs> you want to see who's closer? I don't want to see who's closer. No, no. ones, but I think I may have gotten there now. You one. did get me. <laughs> you did. Unless it rolled out, which I don't think it did, you did get me. All right, that was Marty finishing out for fun, but I think you may have gotten him. I think the verdict is still out. Uh, I, I may have burned the footage on the uh, camera that we had at the hole so nobody could see. So we actually didn't measure it, and they didn't have a tape measure out there. Marty did concede that he thought mine was closer after the tee shots. We did walk up there. They were very close. I put one in the bunker. I'd put one probably about 25 feet away, and then he yeah. put two that were roughly 25 feet away. We we're not able to part. We actually putted those out and we both got bogeys on it, but um, we did not measure it. So uh, maybe we call it a tie and we come back in 2024. 
I would take a tie all day, and yeah, we'll get you a little revenge match maybe when he comes back in July. I will say, having been there as a spectator for that shoot last Thursday, he was really relieved when we pulled up on the green and he realized that he might have been a little bit closer than Chris because I didn't think I don't think Marty wanted to lose. Well, he mocked to this me beforehand because I pull out a hybrid. It's a nine wood. It's 150 yards. He's you probably hit it well. he's probably hitting like a seven, like like an eight or a nine. Yeah. So he like kind of scoffed that this is going to be easy. So I think that's why he was so surprised at the end there because he sees this guy with a nine wood put uh, put it maybe a little bit closer. We'll never know. Uh, but it was fun, and I didn't embarrass myself. I That's didn't put the it in thing. the water. I didn't put it on the uh, beach. Um, so I did put it in the sand once, but that was a different beach. So uh, I didn't want to dribble it. I didn't do that. So it was really yeah. fun having him out there, a great sport. And he spent probably like six or seven hours doing interviews with a ton of people. Yeah. And I know you were able to catch up with him. We've got that full interview on our website. And, uh, you know, he had some really cool stuff about being able to be kind of the representative for me today. They have one person come back, and he's a big face, one of the best players in the field. And we'll see if he can win it this year. Needless to say, it wasn't a tough day on the gig <laughs> last week at Edgewood. Um, and we can talk about 17 all day, but that is an iconic hole, not just in our region, but really nationwide, it feels oh, like. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's the signature hole of this course. It's the one that everybody kind of tunes into because of the theatrics, but yeah, I mean, it's beautiful, beautifully set up as well. It's not overly difficult, but certainly you've got a bunker behind in the front left, and then you got a big uh, lake on the right. So you got to put it in a pretty, you know, nice spot. And hopefully somebody does hit that hole in one when it comes tournament time and they win a million dollars. I hit one when the cameras were turned off just for fun, and I ended up over the green into the bunker. <laughs> so let's just say it's a good thing that Chris did that segment and not yours truly. All right, coming up next here on NSN Daily, Chris is busting out the red pen as we give a grade to Nevada's track and field team, the PAC's last program to finish its season. We're talking about that and more next on NSN Daily. Welcome back into our champion Chevrolet studio. He's Chris Murray. I'm Mike Stephenson. It is NSN Daily on a Thursday. Just had the feature with Douglas Softball and, of course, Nevada's Gatorade Player of the Year in Talia Trenton. Mm -hmm. She will not be keeping her talents here, instead heading to Iowa in a couple of years. But we have another Gatorade Player of the Year to talk about that. We'll be bringing her talents across the ocean and to Reno and honored over in Hawaii. Yeah, Taryn Iramata. She is, like you said, from Hawaii. She was the Gatorade Player of the Year over there. A spectacular right-handed pitcher. So the last two years, a 1.38 ERA, 265 strikeouts, and 172 innings. This last year, her team went undefeated, 16-0. Overall, they won the state championship. So she took an official visit to Nevada last spring. She signed with the Wolfpack in the fall and was recently named the Gatorade Player of the Year. Nevada is actually very deep at the pitcher position, they have Tyra Clary coming back, Blake Kraft, also Carly Brown. So she's going to be the number four pitcher on this team, and she comes with huge accolades. So a big get for Linda Garza. Linda Garza said one of the things that she likes most about this pitcher is that she wants the ball in the pressure moments, and she lives for those pressure moments. Obviously, she won a state championship last year. She did pitch in that state championship game, and her team allowed only 23 runs in their 16 games that they played. So she wow. was absolutely dominant over there, and she could be a player who could maybe make an immediate impact in 2024. That's the thing. I think it says a lot about what is brewing over there at Hickson Park that a Gatorade player of the year from the islands is going to come over and live in the biggest little city. That'll be quite an adjustment for her, but I imagine the transition to college softball won't be too difficult. But again, it says a lot about Garza's approach and what she's building here. She did say that she wants to get into Hawaii. Obviously, athletics are huge over there in the Hawaiian Islands. She's from Iwo Beach, so that's in Oahu, and uh, she does have that great pedigree, like we said, and she could have stayed over there in Hawaii. Uh, I did actually look at her social media. She did have a couple of pictures of Nevada with the snow-capped mountain and said she was looking forward to that. We'll see once she lives through one of our winters whether she's so excited, <laughs> but they do have a new, uh, nice new playing facility over there at Hickson uh, Park. They just put that in 
prior to last year. So I think if you're going to be great in college softball, you need great pitching. That's what we've seen with Oklahoma. They've won three straight national championships, and they could certainly hit the ball, but they've been elite because they don't give up runs. When Nevada made it to the NCAA tournament three years in a four-year period back in the early 2000s, it was because they had Jordan McPherson, they had Katie Holverson. These were Wolfpack Hall of Fame pitchers, and the pitching hadn't been quite as strong up until this year. So uh, I think Linda Garza knows that. She's been to NCAA tournaments, and she wants to build this team through pitching and defense. Uh, good step so far, and then this new addition will only uh, strengthen that as they move forward with the program. A big get with Hawaii's Gatorade Player of the Year heading to Reno for next season. A lot of momentum, of course, out of Hickson Park and Linda Garza's program. So we look forward to covering, Taryn, that is for sure. Okay, the last Wolfpack season of the year to end was the track and field season because they made it to the NCAA Outdoor National Championship. Shout out to the 4x400 team. It is time for Chris to bust out his red pen. You can see his full <laughs> breakdown of the team's grade at NevadaSportsNet.com. We'll give you the NSN daily version now. We're combining fall and spring seasons yep. as we get this grade, and it was a pretty good year. Yeah, they had a really good season. Chantel Twiggs is one of the most tenured coaches on campus, almost two decades at Nevada this year in the indoor championships. They finished sixth uh, in the outdoor uh, fifth. That's out of 11 teams, so kind of right there in the middle. But I think they had a lot of high-level talent. They sent six individual athletes to the NCAA West preliminaries over there in Sacramento. As you mentioned, the 4x400 relay team, they finished 18th in the country. That is a huge accomplishment. So we're going to give them a B overall, a very strong season. I also want to give a shout out to Emily Costello. She's a fifth year senior from Folsom, California. She won five medals at the Mountain West Championships this year, including four in the outdoors. She won gold in the 200 meters and she set five school records this year as well. So Emily, her last year at Nevada, she will certainly be missed next year, but she had a phenomenal season. I think she was kind of overshadowed a little bit by uh, Nicola Adair, the seven-time All-American. Their careers overlap, but you look at Emily Costello and what she did at Nevada, she will probably be in the Wolfpack Hall of Fame one day, and she certainly ended on a high note with that relay team making it to nationals. One of the greatest to do it, and we did have that relay team in studio ahead of that uh, tournament over there in Austin, and they filmed a fun little promo with us <laughs> as they relayed through the newsroom, and I think, I feel like that was one of the highlights of their season. Uh, they had a lot of fun with that. They were here for <laughs> about an hour and they very much enjoyed that. So it was great to have them in here in our studio and to be able to showcase how great of a team they were and, uh, you know, just uh, kind of send them off over there to Austin, Texas with some high spirits. And they did run super well out there. This is actually the fifth straight year Nevada women's track and field has sent at least an individual or a relay team to the national championships. Only the top 24 in the country go to nationals. So Chantel Twiggs has certainly developed a super nice program over there. You've been known to be a tough grader, so how do they get a plus or maybe an uh, A minus in there? I mean, we're talking about fifth and sixth in the Mountain West Championships. It's really a depth sport, so track yeah. and field, you score your top 12 scorers. So if you finish in eighth place, that's still super valuable for your team. So you really need a lot of depth. And specifically in the Mountain West, a lot of these uh, high-altitude schools have really strong cross-country teams, and that's where they rack up their yeah. points. So you see the Air Forces, the Colorado States, the New Mexicos, the Boise States. They're hard to catch because they're cross-country teams, which also compete in women's outdoor track and field and indoor track and field they really bolster those points so I think uh, getting a little bit stronger in terms of cross country and just adding depth overall I think is the biggest way to rise in those standings and get a little bit of a higher grade but that's B's a passing grade I think it is B's get degrees <laughs> and then some and uh, certainly one of the most consistent programs over the last couple of decades on campus so you can see Chris's full grade breakdown at NevadaSportsNet.com as for what's coming up next here on NSN Daily it's about time to hit the rodeo grounds. Night one of the Reno Rodeo set for tonight. It's Extreme Bulls Night. We're going to get you ready for that and more next on NSN Daily. It is a bucking good time. The wildest, richest rodeo in the West gets rocking tonight. 
From the rodeo grounds in Reno, 104th installment of the Reno Rodeo. It starts off with Extreme Bulls Night. It is all bulls on this Thursday. 40 of the baddest riders in the world jumping on 40 of the baddest bulls in the game. Thousands in cold, hard cash up for grabs. Then starting tomorrow, the first of nine full PRCA performances as every event enters the fold and the Silver Spurs up for grabs to be awarded next Saturday. The Reno Rodeo, of course, a staple event here in our region. And we'll be out there next yes, Wednesday we will be. We'll have uh, Nikki Pika from our team will be out there tomorrow That's to right. do a report. She'll be on the show, but then we will be out there Wednesday and Thursday. So if you get there early, come find us. I'm not exactly sure where we're going to be, but just walk around those rodeo grounds. And a great way to kick things off, the Extreme Bowl is one of the most physically challenging yeah. events. And uh, we'll see who wins that and kicks off the big show. We'll have plenty of coverage from the rodeo throughout the next 10 days. It's one of my favorite <laughs> events as a longtime local. All right, as we leave you tonight, uh, today I should say, with a Jeannie Mose piece. And anytime Jeannie Mose is on the show, you know it's going to be something good. Yet legendary Yankees announcer John Sterling almost wrapping up a recent game before he was part of the game. Check this out. It's one thing if fictional characters like Kramer or Sophia get bonked by a baseball, but there's nothing fictional about Yankee broadcasting legend John Sterling. The Yankees win. He still managed his signature line just moments after Red Sox third baseman Justin Turner smacked a foul ball that hit Sterling on the noggin. 3-2, swung on, a pop foul back here. Ow! 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 Yankee fans praised the 84-year-old. Bro is more durable than our players. Though I took one for the team. I am okay, just a glancing blow. Posted one admirer, John Sterling is like a Timex. Timex, it takes a licking and keeps on ticking. But you know what didn't keep on ticking? A drone that the YouTuber known as Mr. Beast challenged Tom Brady to knock out of the sky. First try! Brady bonked the drone. Sterling got bonked by a ball that his broadcasting partner later took down to the Red Sox clubhouse. It came back <laughs> adorned with a Band-Aid that matched the one Sterling wore and an inscription from the batter. And Justin Turner wrote to John, no matter where you sit at a ball game, you're never safe. How <laughs> nice is that? I'm very impressed how he used no swear words. Ow! 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 Three owls, and he's still not out. Genimos, CNN. Here. Ow! New York. Ow! Ow! It did really hit him. It had to be a lot of fun to put together. How about 84 years old? Sterling has seen everything in the game. Maybe he hadn't seen that. Uh, and that's a great piece. You got Golden Girls. You got Seinfeld. You got Timex. You got Tom Mr. Brady. Beast and Tom Brady. <laughs> you got a lot in a two-minute package there. Very thankfully, the 84-year-old healthy and made it through. I did look up this set. He did more than 5,000 consecutive games for the Yankees. Been there since 1989. So certainly an Iron Man and pushed through the pain there. Yeah, happy to report he did not end up on the injured list. <laughs> Our thoughts to John Sterling as he continues to heal up. He's Chris Murray. I'm Mike Stephenson. That's NSN Daily on a Thursday. Let's do it again tomorrow, friends. We'll see you then.